Boris Johnson is to send the Royal Navy to Asia to stand up to China, more anti-Semites take control of the streets in the UK, and the woke culture dominates the Friends reunion. Hello everyone, happy Friday, end of the week. Get ready for your pub trips, restaurants, and getting together with your families. Hugging is legal now, going to pubs is legal. We just have to wait for another few weeks to make sure that we get our freedoms back because clearly everything is going better than expected. Now, I'm gonna give you some good news, but also some weird stuff that's happening right now. Today's theme is about the external enemies to the West. Now, the UK have one strong ally when it comes to security in Asia, and that is Japan. Just like the special relationship that we have with the United States of America, we also have a similar relationship based on security with Japan. Now, Boris Johnson has been talking to the government in Japan and Tokyo. Uh, we have heard that the Chinese Communist Party are becoming more aggressive in Asia. They are not happy about the fact that Japan are negotiating with the UK government over trade. They're not happy with the Japanese government negotiating with the European Union based on cooperation. Now, that's a whole different story because that uh, deal is not going to be good for either side at this point because Japan, uh, they're not going to accept the demands of Brussels. But overall, China, uh, ideally, they want to control Asia overall. We've known this. This has been going on for decades and decades, ever since uh, the Communist Party became powerful and they brought back China as one of the, the sleeping superpowers that is now awake and ready to take control of the world. Now, they're using Taiwan as a scapegoat, the Chinese Communist Party. And we've had when uh, John Cena, the Hollywood actor, uh, coming out to apologize to the Communist Party in China, that's not helping because they are already preparing to divide the Western debate on this issue. Uh, so Boris Johnson has been talking to the Japanese government and the, prime, the new prime minister and agreed to send the UK carrier strike group uh, which contains a, a lot of, uh, obviously, the uh, Royal Navy submarines and uh, the Queen Elizabeth aircraft carrier and a number of other um, equipments that we have, uh, also including a lot of soldiers that we are going to be sending uh, to Asia uh, to protect Japan and the interests of not just Japan, but also the West, uh, whether it's South Korea, Hong Kong, uh, Taiwan, uh, and generally speaking, uh, the interests of the free world. Uh, this is a uh, the situation that we're currently facing because this tour that's going to happen over the next few months is sending uh, our Royal Navy to towards the areas that the Chinese Communist Party are trying to basically be aggressive about. Uh, it's going to create a new debate. And we know that with President Biden uh, trying to have these new talks with Beijing, um, because Biden has been told to no longer uh, seem close to President Xi, uh, so he and his government in uh, Washington are coming out to say that America is still this strong leader in the world. We are still policing the world and we are here to stand up to the enemies of the West. I mean, it's interesting how until the election, uh, they were basically defending the Chinese Communist Party or completely ignoring all the things that they were doing. Now they are finally waking up because they know that with the European Union uh, bowing down, to the Chinese Communist Party, uh, there are only the main allies that we have. So you've got the UK, you've got Canada up to a point, you've got Australia standing up to China and Japan. So you kind of need uh, to have your America with them. Now this conversation that's happened between the two governments, Downing Street have confirmed that the two, two prime ministers have uh, reaffirmed their commitment 
to strengthening the UK-Japan relationship and look forward to the UK's carrier strike group visiting Japan later this year. The show of Britain's military capabilities comes amid growing Chinese aggression in the region and, of course, Russia causing trouble as usual. Now, this is going to be uh, interesting because it's going to take some time for them to get there because the plan is to, to uh, do this operation over the next few months. And especially by the end of the year, everyone's going to be there. Uh, but the Chinese Communist Party already have their bases controlling that region anyway. Uh, so they can retaliate if they want to. They can go block the ways. and Because, uh, again, part of it, they, they say it's our territory, we can't come through it. Uh, but it really depends how the, uh, the defense, the UK defense and MOD try to react to the Chinese aggression. Now, of course, it's going to be very sensitive and we'll be reporting it on this channel. But today's theme is simply about the external enemies that we have to the West. Now, one of them is, of course, the Chinese Communist Party. The rest of it is also your current and contemporary enemies that we currently have uh, facing us on a daily basis, uh, which, you know, from the Far East to certain groups in Russia, and, of course, the Middle Eastern terrorists uh, that are still trying to cause trouble in the, in the West. But uh, sticking to China, we know that one issue that they have is with Taiwan. And as I said, uh, the same reason that they are trying to use Hong Kong as, a, as, a, as an excuse to show their strength. Now, one reason is, for example, they can, if they want to, uh, within two seconds, completely start a coup, take over, uh, like fully take over Hong Kong and get rid of all the uh, rebels. Same with uh, Taiwan, same with other parts if they want to. Uh, but they are slowly just testing the waters to make sure that the United Nations completely don't kick them out. Uh, they're, they're doing what the Iranian regime have been doing in the Middle East uh, for a long, long time. Uh, they, they don't start. If you are supposed to be a dictator and try to take over the world, you don't start a, an instant operation against your enemies, like what Hitler did. Uh, that doesn't work, especially in 2021. You have to test the waters. You have to start proxy wars. That's what China are doing. That's what Iran are doing. Uh, but we have to be careful in the West, and we are being so complacent because of the, the liberal left mentality whether it's being dominated in the media and academia, within the political establishments. Now, all this has resulted in us facing a lot of enemies from different sides, some of them becoming slush, slightly in a gray area. For example, Syria. Now, Syria has been a, an interesting topic for the past few years. Now, Syria and uh, Bashar al-Assad as uh, the leader, the democratic leader of Syria, of course, his uh, main enemy uh, was ISIS and also certain other militant groups that we don't also like anyway. So the problem in the West has been that people think this is like a football match. You have to pick between two sides and you have to say, well, because ISIS are bad, then we have to support Assad. Or on the other hand, because Assad has been killing his people, then we should just support the rebels. Well, it, life and foreign policies, things like that, is not black and white. It's not easy. You can't really pick sides at times. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes when you're dealing with Hitler in 1939 and 40, it's easy to be like, well, you're going, you're going to have to be completely against the guy. But right now, with, with Syria, uh, of course, uh, America and the UK have been uh, uh, struggling to do what they were supposed to be doing. Are they supposed to be bringing down Assad? Because if he, he comes down, then, of course, at the time, the rebels and the, the actual terrorists would take over. So it's always been a lose-lose situation. Now, the problem I have is that Assad is now winning. Um, because uh, ISIS has been wiped out, the other rebels are just tiny now. Um, now, what are we going to be doing with Assad? Because he's not an ally to the West. Now, yesterday, he won his election. 95% of the vote. 
Okay, in, in his defense, and Al Jazeera has reported this, but they forgot to confirm. And we are waiting for confirmation to make sure that Diane Abbott wasn't in charge of counting the votes because 95% of the votes <laughs> makes no sense. These are the people, these are the governments, your, you know, your Russia's, your Syria's, your Iran's and China's who make fun of the West. When there are some vote rigging uh, happening in the West, uh, especially on local levels in Peterborough or in Tower Hamlet in parts of America, uh, then they always say, oh, look at, look at the West. It's such a mess. They have, like, they rigged their elections. I mean, are you guys angels in, in the Middle East or in Asia? No, you're not. But no one actually is brave enough to bring up these debates anymore in the West. And uh, this is the problem we have. It's, we are so scared to talk about the Middle East and the culture that they're bringing here that this has been the new enemy. This has been the new issue that we are facing. This guy was out in the UK on the streets of a free democratic society, well, free-ish, uh, starting a rant against Jewish people. And uh, this debate between Israel and Palestine has been obviously heating up everything, as we know. Um, and But when people come out, the Free Palestine uh, group, uh, to then say the only solution is to wipe out Jewish people, I have a bit of a problem with that. Watch this. Peace. We will not accept peace with Israel. We will not accept anything other than liberation. The solution is clear and simple. Muslim armies move. Muslim armies move. Muslim armies move. Muslim armies move. Under the banner of the Shahada, La ilaha illallah, and liberate them from this oppression. Liberate our brothers and sisters in Palestine from this occupation. Liberate our brothers and sisters from this prison. Our call is to the blessed soldiers of this Ummah who have served the West for so long, who have served their wrong master for so long. We ask. Imagine having the freedom to stand up on the streets in a country, in a democratic society, with your, whether it's an iPhone or an Android phone, uh, wearing Western jeans. And, uh, <laughs> and obviously having everything surrendered uh, by, by all the Western values, then ranting about actual genocide. Feel free to be anti-Israeli government. A lot of people are criticizing the actions of the Israeli government. Fine, that's fair. Just like how we criticize the UK government or the American government or the French government. That's easy to do. But saying that you don't believe in the two-state solution, which is supposed to be the consensus. It's going to be difficult to achieve these days, of course, but if you completely reject the idea of a two-state solution and say the only way is not peace, is by going what the book told them to do, which is just to, to wipe out the infidels. Well, what do you expect? The level of anti-Semitism that we are now seeing in the streets in the West is slightly worrying because it's no longer coming from uh, the sort of groups that you were seeing back in the 1930s in Europe is coming from the, the people who uh, the culture was uh, transferred from the Middle East to the West. Uh, whether this guy himself, uh, whether he was actually born in the Middle East, he, if not, if he was born here, uh, definitely his parents were born in the Middle East or uh, his grandparents were born in the Middle East. So it's always been a very, very recent generational move migration wise. Uh, the, the wave of uh, migration from the Middle East in certain parts with these certain mentalities, uh, essentially terrorist sympathizers, uh, they are now dominating. They are just walking around in the streets and no one really says anything about this uh, because it's politically incorrect. But coming out to say 
that, well, we just have to basically wipe out Jewish people. And the only way is without if, if understanding the history behind what's happening with this conflict. It's such a black and white thing because the Free Palestine group uh, genuinely believe that before, before the 1940s and 50s and all that, uh, there was a country like called Palestine. And Palestine was there forever without realizing the history behind that territory and how the British Empire controlled it. And obviously they had different tribes and it got obviously the, the Philistines uh, obviously then imposed onto the area by the Roman Empire to get rid of the Jewish people who already had Israel there. It's been a, such a mess anyway. And it's, it's a, again, it's not black and white. You could, you could criticize both sides. Uh, but the one thing that you can criticize, uh, which is easy, is Hamas, who are controlling this war from the Palestinian side Gaza, they are evil. You could also criticize some of the actions of the Israeli government when they go too far. Perfect. But you cannot have a black and white ish, uh, perspective on this. When you have people like Jeremy Corbyn coming out with all these rants against Jewish people, yet earlier today he tweeted about Viktor Orban, who's coming to London, who's now, I believe, in London, meeting with Boris Johnson. Um, why is this happening? He tweeted against Orban, saying the Orban being here is bad because Orban is an anti-Semite. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn lecturing us on what anti-Semitism is um, and saying that, oh, well, you can't share a platform with someone who doesn't like Jewish people. Well, that's a bit awkward, isn't it, Jeremy? Because have you seen the mirror? Have you seen yourself in the mirror? Have you seen the friends that you hang out with? Uh, clearly, the double standards and the, the ignorance it's absolutely fascinating anyway, but uh, that's what I'm saying. The external enemies, which is the theme of today's uh, show, is that on the one hand, we have the actual external enemies on the, in their own bases. You've got the Chinese Communist Party, the Iranian Revolutionary Guards and all the others. And then you have the rest of them who have already infiltrated our culture and they are already inside. They are brainwashing our own people. They are brainwashing our MPs. Zara Sultana, one of the new-ish Labour MPs, who's a pound shop AOC of the UK. She is absolutely bonkers. She doesn't know anything about politics. She doesn't know anything about reality. Uh, she hasn't experienced hardship in life, real work experience in the real world. Uh, yet she's coming out to lecture us about uh, the realities of uh, life. She made a, this uh, speech in Parliament uh, and uh, against Michael Gove. Now, I have my issues with Michael Gove. Uh, I can't trust the guy. I disagree with a lot of his policies. But sometimes, when he stands up to the Labour Party, he's very good. Um, Zara Sultana started his rant against the voter ID. Now, he, she tried to uh, show the hypocrisy of uh, Michael Gove. Because Michael Gove once said that he's against ID cards. The actual ID cards, which, by the way, is the whole vaccine passports. The whole thing is a hypocrisy. But he was talking about the general citizen ID cards, not voter IDs. Um, but she tried to use that to attack him. And then let's just watch this speech and I'm going to basically stop and pause it in the middle of it. The Prime Minister once said, and I quote, if I am ever asked to produce my ID card as evidence that I am who I say I am, then I will physically eat it. So why the change of heart, Mr Speaker? So yeah, but both, of course, uh, Boris and Michael Gove have always been against the ID cards as a whole. We all know this. Um, the hypocrisy, if she wants to attack them, should be based on vaccine passports, not really voter IDs. It's not because of evidence of voter ballot fraud, because just six cases were confirmed at the last election, while millions of people risk losing their vote because they don't have photo ID. 
Might it instead be because the Conservatives want to copy voter suppression tactics used in the USA, disproportionately disenfranchising black, Asian, ethnic minority communities, Gypsy Roma, traveller communities, working class people, trans people and young people? Okay, well, hang on one second. <laughs> we've, we've heard this argument uh, about um, from the left that voter IDs are bad because uh, some of the working class people are too stupid to get an ID. So the working class, the poor of society, um, they are going to be disadvantaged because they are too stupid, that's what they say, uh, to go get a simple free ID from the government. Yet, she's now adding new groups to this. <laughs> she's adding transgenders. Why transgenders? So clearly there's going to be some sort of issue with transgenders not having an ID. We know that, obviously, if they go, they are now legally going through all these process of uh, change and all that. Uh, they, they already have their ID and they, they can already easily... And change the existing ID. It's not like transgenders are born uh, without having IDs and they're not able to get ID cards. It makes absolutely no sense uh, why she decided to add transgenders to uh, the same category as uh, black people, gypsies, and uh, young people as well. Young people are more likely to have an ID card, <laughs> the actual driver's license, for example, or passport, because young people go abroad, go on holidays. Um, what is happening? But Michael Gove responds to this anyway. All groups less likely to vote Conservative. <laughs> Minister, we're not seeking to emulate uh, America. We're seeking to emulate uh, uh, the Labour government, which introduced a form of uh, photographic uh, identification for voters in Northern Ireland uh, when it was in, in power. Um, uh, and um, uh, I, I should say, uh, she, she made reference, of course, to working class people. Overwhelmingly, working class people now are much more likely to vote Conservative than Labour. <laughs> Right, this is absolutely spot on. Uh, firstly, the, the policy is already been implemented, implemented in Northern Ireland. If you go to vote, you show an ID and that's it. And nothing bad has happened. The, all, the, all the problems and the conflicts in Northern Ireland is actually nothing to do with the voter IDs. It's all the other stuff that's happening around Belfast, especially. Yet, uh, she also says that poor people and the working classes are now voting, uh, they've always been voting Labour. Have you seen the opinion polls? Have you seen the actual votes? The, not just opinion polls, the actual votes in elections. 46% of the ABC1 voters, they're the middle classes of voting Tory, but also 43% uh, of the C2EE voters, the working class voters are voting Tory. 26% uh, and 24% for the Labour Party. It's absolutely embarrassing. Um, and of course, the Lib Dems, only 7% of working class uh, people vote uh, Lib Dem because what, why why would you vote for the Liberal Democrats if you're working class? <laughs> to be fair, even the middle classes, uh, it's only 14%. So all the champagne socialists voting for the Liberal Democrats, I don't even know who these people are anymore, they're 14%, but bless them, they still exist anyway. But the the weird reality that they live in right now, people like Zara Sultana, with all these elections that we've had recently, they are seeing that the working classes are voting Conservative, yet they're still going with the old rhetoric that the Labour Party is the party of the working people. And now, this government, this Tory government, has had a lot of problems. And it's not really the, the most competent government. But it's still doing better than the Labour Party. Now, again, going back to the theme, it's all about uh, the, the enemies, the, the enemy culture that is now dominating uh, the Western society. Even in America, even in sectors and areas that you might not think. Friends, the TV show had their reunion, their special reunion. Now, some of you might be fans of this TV show, some of you might not be. Don't start that debate in the comment section. Don't do it. Uh, but they had this uh, reunion that was already aired yesterday on TV. Normal. This show was popular globally, but 
by different cultures. It was already in various languages. Uh, over 202 uh, territories across the world showed this. People loved it, regardless of skin color and gender and culture. Yet, one of their producers, Kevin Bright, has come out to talk about his regrets and hindsight and how he wishes that Lisa Kudrow, the actress who played Phoebe Buffay, was black. <laughs> I love how, because uh, this, this whole thing came out in this interview, Bright didn't say that he wishes Phoebe was black, the actual character. No, no, he wishes Lisa Kudrow, the actress, was black. <laughs> because obviously she was the perfect person for the character. So you do realize how racist that sentence is. Imagine if you say that about Will Smith. I wish Will Smith was white, if someone says. That is so embarrassing. It's so rude. It's so, uh, well, it's hilarious, but it's dangerous at the same time. Uh, it's clearly racist. They don't even understand uh, what true racism is. Uh, but this is a problem we have because this new culture that we've been saying, woke culture, but it's now uh, reaching a whole new level, uh, up to a point where it's becoming hardwired, this brainwash uh, mentality. That they don't even know they're thinking it. When Bright says that in terms of regrets, and it's all about hindsight, that uh, the cast were brilliant, but I wish that Lisa was black. I love the cast. I love the show. I love the experience. Now, luckily, not all the producers believe the same uh, as uh, uh, Kevin Bright, but why? Also, why, why that character? Why Phoebe? Uh, why, why not one of the lead characters? I know they didn't really have a lead character, but um, we, we knew that Russell and Rachel were the main characters, essentially. Uh, why, why the lowest ones? I don't understand this. It's all about tokenism. We know this. It's all about uh, showing that um, you are in touch with the poor and the, the minorities. Minorities, this guy. You, he's been, just go, just go and take a rest and enjoy the millions that you've made from this TV show over the years and you're still making. Just enjoy life. Enjoy, enjoy your achievements. Stop interfering in our culture because it's just, it's just alien. What they're doing is alien. It just makes no sense. It doesn't go with the values of the Western civilization and Judeo-Christian values that's created uh, what we have in, in the West. And this is getting bad because, as I said, this show has already been globally accepted by all cultures, all languages, all countries, all skin colors and everything you think of. They're fine with it. People in Ghana have been watching it. They are fine with the fact that the six characters are white. Why are you kicking off in the West, in Hollywood, sitting on your expensive sofas, uh, within all the millions that you've been making, yet saying that, no, no, if, if we made Lisa Kudrow black, just black her up like Justin Trudeau, then I'm guessing racism will be eliminated. Yeah, everything's fine now. I mean, seriously, we already had a lot of, uh, suppose this is back in the 90s, but it's not even about the time, because back in the 90s and 80s, we all already had TV shows that had an all-black cast, for example. Uh, you know, we had Will Smith when he was young, uh, obviously being a lead character in shows like that. We, we had various things, depending on what you're dealing with. Um, we already had diversity, because back then, we didn't force it. It was automatic, it was organic. Let the organic progress of the West continue. Calm down, people. Everybody calm down. Now, let's actually go to the important parts, because we have some questions, the daily questions. As you know, the full members of the channel, you have the ability on the full membership area, uh, to submit your daily questions. Uh, we used to do it on YouTube weekly, but now we're going to do daily. So I'm going to pick a few and go from there. Also, got to have a quick update. We are introducing new formats and segments to this channel. It's not just going to be the daily shows from Monday to Fridays. This, the podcast that we have is Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. Uh, but I'm also introducing a 
weekly special exclusive interview segment. And our first special guest is going to be Alex Belfield, the independent YouTuber who's also facing some challenges like what we did. Uh, but also we're going to have a, we have a lineup uh, with a number of uh, MPs, uh, also uh, big media figures and campaigners as well. So stay tuned and we're going to uh, upload the interviews soon. Now, Karen says, uh, yeah, Karen's question is about the lockdown and uh, saying that do, does the government not realize that even pro-lockdown people are fed up? Uh, are we going to continue with this mess? Also, 21st of June, are we going to get rid of face masks? Uh, so if, if things continue the way it's supposed to be going with the roadmap, um, it's clearly showing that the government don't really want to uh, carry on with these measures. Of course, there are certain figures in SAGE and other places that want to force politicians and Boris Johnson to keep doing it. Uh, but we know that the political pressure at this point, even the pro-lockdown people, now that they've seen the success of the vaccines and the herd immunity that's already been achieved and everything else, uh, then they know that they don't need to continue. And yes, the government has already confirmed that the masks are going to go. Uh, and again, if they make a U-turn, it's up to them. It's not my fault. Um, and they've already hinted uh, since yesterday when we reported that Michael Gove's COVID passports are failing. They're not ready. Um, the app is actually not even ready. Um, they, they already hinted that by the time that's ready, we might not even need to use them. So I don't think this uh, conspiracy theory about uh, the UK government specifically using COVID passports to just control society, if they obviously cancel it, then it's, it's been proven wrong. So, But we just have to wait to see what the government does anyway. Uh, James says, Hi Maya, you reported that the COVID passports are likely to be dropped now. My question is, Surely even an incompetent government wouldn't spend £40 billion on a scheme to not go ahead with it. Are they saying this thanks to the, well, this condition, was it because the public is, is some way different to the draconian measure policies that they've already had? So some people might be surprised, like, like James, that you know, just because the government's already spent £40 billion, then is it possible that the project fails or not go ahead? There have been so many projects historically throughout the, the years decades in the west that's been uh we've spent a lot of taxpayers money on it and it didn't work and it's been cancelled hs2 is actually it's still close to being uh, dropped it's still going to go ahead but if, if it continues to be delayed and the cost goes up even the government has to find a way to drop it so no they already waste money they always do this and they always destroy the projects andrew says um do we need the the police commissioners crime commissioners would you agree with me that the post of the PCC should be apolitical? Uh, and he talks about the problems that Alex Belfield has recently had with the PCC in uh, Nottinghamshire. Uh, and uh, yes, so my, my view is the PCC position, which is basically you elect your commissioner, it, it should, should just go. But I don't need a politician to be in charge of the police. They did it because they thought it's, uh, it's going to create accountability. That there's one person accountable. No, that's not how it works. When, if there's corruption in the police force um, and you hold the politician to account up to a point where you can even sack the politician and have a re-election, that corruption is still there inside the police. This is not how it works. So you have to actually create a proper reform inside uh, you know, with anti-corruption um, units and other uh, obviously areas. Yeah, just having a politician and a face and a puppet doesn't really solve anything. Makes people feel good for a while. Oh, we have someone that has to answer yeah, but we've already also had ministers answering for their departments. Look at what Priti Patel's doing in the Home Office. You know, the Home Office is still failing and she's accountable and we keep criticizing her and she's not doing anything about it because it's the department that's making all the mess. 
Uh, and then, yeah, so this is all the questions that we had. And it's, it's been interesting, obviously, with this uh, new format. And you guys have been absolutely amazing uh, on the, the forum section. As I said yesterday, we are actually improving the forums that you are seeing. Uh, we're going to actually make it look nicer in the next uh, couple of days uh, so that it will be like slick, colorful. The fonts are going to be bigger and the, the recent comments are going to be at the top, not bottom. All the changes that you've been um, obviously requesting. Feel free to send us an email with any feedback that you have about this new channel. We're going to improve it and we're going to bring eventually everyone. We're going to create a UK version of Daily Wire in this country. Thanks again for watching. I'm my ATC. I'll see you guys on Monday.